Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 21 News Podcast. I'm Madison Tromler, and today I am joined here with Dr. Claire Stacy. She's an associate professor of sociology at Kent State University and the co-director of the Healthy Communities Research Institute. Dr. Stacy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So today we are talking about misinformation that spreads online, specifically regarding the coronavirus and the COVID-19 vaccine. And we thought rather than just getting a perspective from social media, from a social media expert, we'd go a little deeper and try a sociological perspective and talk about how this works within sociology and how that why people are the way they are why they might want to believe misinformation and choose not to change their perspective so let's just first talk about why do you think why do you think this happens um and, and and you know not even saying anything's right or wrong but why do you think people tend to just read things online maybe just believe what they were raised and taught and choose not to really change their minds about a topic as big as the coronavirus? Um, It's a great question. And I think there's a lot of debate in the social scientific community about why people make decisions that they make, especially around health. So by no means is this um, a fully understood question, but it's a great one. And I think one of the things that sociologists could bring to the table um, is that we don't really make decisions as individuals. Uh, and sometimes we think that, oh, we're an island and we take in information and I'm making this decision as an individual. But in fact, we make them in the context of groups and we make them in what we would call a reference group. So everyone has a different reference group. And so your reference group might be your church, your reference group might be your sorority, your reference group might be your family. And people have multiple reference groups, but sometimes one reference group takes precedent over another. So when people are reading information, whether it's on the internet or it's from the newspaper or they're watching your news program, um, they are filtering that information through the social norms and practices of those reference groups. So um, facts, while it's tempting to say, well, why do people not understand truth or facts? We have to remember that all of us are filtering information through the norms of our group. So if your group is believes that the government isn't trustworthy, for example, and that's a belief that your reference group has held, and we do know that, for example, some racial minorities have that feeling about healthcare or the government, then they're going to filter information that we see as facts through those reference group norms. So while it seems like, you know, this is being silly or stupid, when you look at it in the context of the group that people are understanding information, it makes sense to them. Right. And and you make a good point because this is something that we all, everyone does. This isn't about right and wrong. It's more of, I think it's interesting to talk about how we retain information and without even knowing it, there's these maybe deep down subconscious beliefs we already have and that's something we all do so so do you think that this is something that just happens every day to everyone they hear something and automatically there's this filter system that no one can really explain and is there a way to how would you even get out of that and try to have such a fresh perspective right 
That's a great question. And I think, again, looking at who are the people within a certain social group who hold power or persuasion. So we might think if we're people who believe that the CDC is saying the right thing about the vaccines or saying the right thing about COVID and our reference group convinces us of that, we might believe what Anthony Fauci says. But we might be in a group that does not believe that Fauci is someone of authority or of power, but instead it's our pastor or it could be somebody else at the bar, <laughs> the local bar, or it could be very likely an influencer on social media. Those might be people that we actually look to for information. So I think the key to understanding messaging around anything related to health is to understand within a social group or a subset of people, who are the influencers? And I don't mean that just in terms of like TikTok, but who are the people who socially influence, who has authority, and it might not be the most obvious people. And then you want to try to create messaging that resonates with that social group and that can come from those um those leaders, if you will, within those social subgroups. Yeah, and you talk about the influencers, and I think also a lot of people might not even realize who they're giving so much control to, especially when you're following people on social media or watching certain things, um, and you're just choosing to, without even realizing it, believe so much of what someone says, and it might just be influencing your everyday thoughts um, and how you how you critically think about things that people say, even right. if it's fact or fiction or whatever. And and you you mentioned people make choices in groups a lot of the times. And, and that's, that's a, such a good point because you have your family too. And then you have all these groups you could be in. And, I, and then you mentioned how it has to be a kind of a choice you make to look at your group and say, okay, how can I get this messaging across and try and filter this out, you know, and I'm sure it's not possible to do it completely, but to try and make that decision. And I think another thing, though, is that people don't want to change. And maybe I would say maybe just based on like my own guess, I feel like the younger generation, like Gen Z, we tend to be open to like new ideas and things like that. And that's just my own personal guess. But I feel like maybe like my grandma, for example, or, or a great grandparent who's just very stuck in their ways or even an aunt or an uncle who just changes hard for them. So where does that come into play with all this? People who just don't really like they're so far gone. Right. And, and this is an interesting question about how do you get individuals to change? Um, and beyond what I've already said about you know using people of authority in their group setting who influence them, I think it's also recognizing that whenever we make a decision about our health, there are costs and benefits to that, right? So some people perceive taking the vaccine to be a cost, right? And so you have to make clear to them what are the benefits that outweigh those costs. The same is true of masking. So right now we're in this shifting zone where um, we're being encouraged to wear masks indoors, but most of have got, us have gotten used to the last month of freedom, myself included. And so when you go out, you're looking at the people around you and you're like, well, what are they doing? And so everyone has to make a decision. Well, there's a cost for me to put my mask on. I, I can't breathe. I don't like it. I might look stupid, right? And so what is a compelling reason to get someone to make that decision so that they feel that the benefits outweigh the cost to them. And remember that costs can be social, right? 
So if you're the only person wearing a mask in a, in a church setting, there are social potential social costs to that. And so the, the question is, how do we get people to really see the benefits as they outweigh the costs? I'm not an expert in, in health messaging in a way that I could give you the magic bullet. I don't think there is one, but I do think it's important to empower our local public health officers so that they, because they know what the groups are on the ground, right? So the local health commissioners should have power and authority to be able to say, well, for this social group, here's what the benefits are for you, because I know you're worried about it. We know what the costs are to you. You might be afraid of going to the hospital. You're afraid of seeing a doctor. Here's the benefits for you. And honestly, we need to embolden those local public health officials so that they can make those decisions. And unfortunately, what's happening at the state level um, you, by the legislature in Ohio is that they're slowly taking that power away from those public health officials in response to the politicization of the vaccine and of pandemic. Yeah, and I mean, in talking about the vaccine, and I, I, I was just thinking about what I said earlier, but it seems to be that a lot of young people are actually the ones not getting the vaccine. So I also right. find that interesting, like, are we, what kind of a direction are we headed in? Because it seems as though the people I surround myself with in terms of friends, like we're very, we like to try and listen to science and facts. And it's interesting to think that a lot of young people either they're not, you know, necessarily doing that, not saying, you know, everyone has their own opinion. Right. Um, and I also, you know, is it human nature to kind of look at things online and look at things and think it makes them feel good? And there's almost like people get very uncomfortable changing and there's kind of just like comfort in accepting a certain way, even though maybe they do deep down want to change. Is that something that a lot of people have? Yes, I would think so. And I, I think um, what we're starting to hear from other in sort of news sources, I've read an interesting piece in the New York Times, that there are people who are in historically anti-vax groups who are now getting vaccinated, but keeping it from their friends. So they're getting vaccinated, but they don't want to tell anyone. And that just shows you the power of those group norms, because the group norm is saying, don't get vaccinated because um, you're, you know, you're playing into the government, you're going to be you know, injected with a microchip, whatever the misinformation is, those are such powerful norms in that group that they're increasingly people making the individual decision, well, I'm going to get vaccinated, but I'm not going to tell anyone. And that is, I mean, I think that's very telling about the power of the group here. And I, I mean, especially for young people, um, you know, as a professor here at Kent State, we're, we're um, anticipating students coming onto campus in two weeks. And we actually see this at Kent State as a really um, awesome opportunity because you have incoming students, freshmen in particular, who are moving away from their groups at home, their social groups, their family groups, their work groups, their church groups, and they're entering into a new social world. So we have this really excellent moment where we can shape the norms around the vaccine and around COVID to these students who are going to be receptive to joining a new group norm. So that's what we're really trying to do at Kent State. Yeah, and it's it, the fact that you just said that, I was just thinking to myself, because I know we look at the data and it seems like there's a lot of people from the last time I checked that it's a lot of people in their 20s not getting the vaccine. But I almost feel like there's two different groups. 
and maybe there's a group that kind of leans away from maybe their family and uh, other beliefs, whether they're right or wrong, and maybe just even if they stay home and go to a new college or whatever they do after high school, they might start kind of a new belief system, but there's still a lot of people in their 20s not getting the vaccine. I know. And people of other ages too, but what do you think is going on with that group of people that are not getting it based on their own belief system? Right. Honestly, I think with young people, say in their early 20s, um, who are eligible for the vaccine, I think that the perceived risk, there's a misunderstanding about the perceived risk of the coronavirus. And a part of that is that the, the disease is changing over time. So now we're seeing more and more young people being going to the ICU and being admitted to hospital because the Delta variant has changed the nature of the illness. But I'm not sure that young people have adjusted their perception of risk in light of that new information. And I don't know, I don't know if that's because their sources of information don't talk about that, or that young people, generally speaking, believe that they are um, impervious to risk. So they're more likely to believe that despite a risk being out there, that they can defy it. Yeah, yeah, like they feel just almost invincible in a way, or right. there are those maybe mis... And then that also brings me to when you hear these anecdotal stories, like when people, and I think this happens not just not just talking about the coronavirus and misinformation online, but just in general, you hear a story or you hear one thing, it's kind of like hearing a negative comment from someone, and that's like what you want to believe now if someone says something about you rather than believing all the positives. Do you think right. a lot of people hold on to that one story? Is that something that humans do? Like they hold on to one thing they read or, and it kind of just never leaves their mind because it stands out because it's not good and it worries them. So they think about that more than the good things. Yes. And I mean, I think that when people have in their minds that something is correct or the right way, then they look for information to confirm that. We call that confirmation bias, right? So it can be tricky to get people to adjust their view, especially if their view is supported by all of the people around them. But you, again, I do think that people can change. And I do think that people's views can change. And you have that these moments, especially for young people, because they're more likely to move between social groups. They might move, they may, they may get a new job. Those are all opportunities where you can shape and change your beliefs around something. Right. And in the world we're in today with social media and there's just so much going on, that may be the case going forward. But I guess we'll just we'll have to wait and see. But thank you so much, Dr. Stacy, for joining me today. You were so insightful and I really appreciate your perspective. Thank you so much.